Hello, my listeners. I just wanted to pop in here quick and let you know that The Kate Show was recently named an iTunes Top 200 Podcast. This came as a surprise to me because I am pretty new to the podcasting world, but I am so humbled and so thrilled that on average, 3,000 of you listen in every single month. So because of that, The Kate Show is now accepting advertisers and sponsors. And if you are interested in working with us in this way, we view it as a long-term collaboration. So if you're interested, head over to katethesocialite.com and click on the podcast section in the menu. There you'll find the different advertising options available to you. And just as a heads up, We, meaning me and my team, are very selective about who we allow on the show as a guest, an advertiser, or a sponsor, so you will have to complete an application process. This is because we value our audience so much that we have no intention of spamming them with ads or promoting things that really wouldn't be a good fit for them. But if you have a product or service that would serve the home industry, make their lives easier, and empower them to run their businesses more efficiently, we should definitely have a chat. So head over to KateTheSocialite.com and click on the podcast in the menu. Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate The Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Kate Show. Recently, I received an email from a listener, and she asked a really hard question. She wanted to know how I became comfortable with the idea of being successful in business. And she also wanted to know if perhaps her mindset around money and around success were the very things that have been limiting her in her own business. Now, this is a difficult question because obviously the story is going to be varied across the spectrum because we all have different relationships with money and we are all at different phases in our businesses. But the common thread that I have seen is that we women have a hard time accepting our own potential for success. So we may not even be successful yet, but just the thought of it intimidates us for some reason. Now it might be cultural, it might be because of your family situation, It might be because of how you were raised, because that does impact everything in our adult lives. And regardless of what is causing these concerns and fears around your business success and around money, I want to address it today by simply sharing my story. And this is what that listener requested. So you may have heard bits and pieces of this story before, but I guarantee today you're going to hear a few things that I've never shared with anyone publicly and especially not on the podcast. Before I dive into my story, I want to just talk about what 
this whole mindset problem is because I know some people when they hear about this and actually when I was discussing this episode with my husband I said you know a lot of us women are afraid of success and we're afraid of making a lot of money because we don't really know what that means for us and what that actually would look like and feel like and he just looked at me with utter like amazement he's like why is that a problem I don't understand and I'm not sexist by any means, but I kind of think that men are more comfortable and more conditioned by our culture to be okay with being successful and with talking themselves up and you know flexing their biceps in the mirror. You know, all of those testosterone-driven things. But it doesn't mean that being successful in business and being profitable is something that is unfeminine. In fact, Claiming that power and allowing ourselves to be empowered by our own successes is something that we should and could do if we put our minds to it. Now, the things that limit us from being successful are the sneakiest, smallest, little things that you would never think would be a problem, but I'm going to share a few with you. Aside from the culture and the environment and our upbringing, we also have this other issue called our inner voice. Some people refer to it as the ego, or if you're like me, you may refer to it as the sinful nature. It's the part of us that seeks to sabotage and destroy the very essence of our happiness, our joy, and our fulfillment, and our purpose in life. And unfortunately, we live in an imperfect world where things do tend to go from a state of order to a state of disorder. That's the law of entropy. So it makes complete sense that our psychological states would follow that same pattern. So the problem is in business, regardless of your gender, regardless of your experiences, you have an inner voice that is often mean to you that tells you you're not good enough, that you're ugly, that you're overweight, why should anyone love you, you have to earn their love, you're not worthy of success, if people knew who you really were, they would never hire you. It tells you the most terrible things. And what a lot of us don't realize, and what I didn't realize for so many years, is that we have the ability to tell that voice a different story. And I started doing that by telling it to shut up. Now, I was never allowed to say the words shut up growing up, and I find it funny because when you use it now against your inner voice, it is very powerful. To put it in perspective, think of the person that you love most. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your child, maybe it's another family member, maybe it's your best friend. Now imagine that someone was speaking terribly to that person cutting them down at every turn, and really reducing them to nothing. They were depressed, they were sad, they were jumpy, they were afraid, and they had the most potential you had ever seen, but because they couldn't see it, that potential was never going to be utilized. It was never going to be realized. Isn't that the saddest thing? Wouldn't you step up and say, hey, person that I love, you are worthy you are enough. Don't listen to that voice. That is just complete bullcrap. Well, here's the thing. That person is you. 
You are the one who has been listening to that voice that tells you that you don't deserve success or that you don't know how to handle your money or that you are a fraud. And that's where the imposter syndrome comes from. Now, everyone who is new to owning a business is going to experience some form of the imposter syndrome. But for some people, that syndrome lingers for years. And it's terrible because it completely destroys your potential. And it is really good at making you waste a lot of time, energy, and it brings a lot of emotional distress. So what we need to do is say, hey, inner voice, when you keep telling me that I'm unworthy and that I'm not enough and that I will never be successful, you are telling me a lie. Now, there is something profound about speaking to what is essentially yourself in a different way. So you you don't want to speak in first person because that is actually going to be, you're going to resist that. And this is a very strange psychological principle. But if you look in the mirror and say, I look beautiful today, or I am smart, or I am successful, Your subconscious is resistant to that. But if you look in the mirror or you just talk out loud or you just think to yourself, you, and then insert your name. So I would say, you, Kate, are enough. You are loved by God. You have always been enough. There is nothing that you can do that will make him stop loving you. And he is blessing your business and he has got this and you do not have to put all this pressure on yourself. Then our subconscious accepts it because we are not saying I, we are saying you. We are addressing it point blank and it's not used to that. The ego is not used to being talked to directly and as any psychologist will tell you, when you start to address your ego directly or your inner voice or your sinful nature, whatever you would like to call it, it starts to back down because it realizes that you're fighting back and that's a wonderful thing. So instead of waiting for someone outside of us or a circumstance outside of us to give us affirmation that we are enough and that we can be successful, we can actually give ourselves that affirmation just by remembering the truth about who we are. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to figure out who you are and find your identity, but I want to share with you my personal story, my journey through this first. As most of you know by now, I was basically born and raised in Wisconsin. I grew up in a very poor county, and my parents didn't always have a lot of money. I'm the oldest of five kids, and I was homeschooled from preschool through 12th grade. And past that, I also did online college, um, really just to speed things up. And my life was for the most part as a child pretty sheltered and there are some good and some bad things to that but I'm telling you this because I came from very humble beginnings we didn't have TV I didn't listen to a lot of certain types of music and that was okay but it didn't change the fact that there were so many things about the world that I didn't know and I never ever pictured myself as becoming a successful business owner, podcaster. I didn't expect any of this. And the weird part is 
When I look back, I can see how things all started unfolding from a very young age. But what I also saw unfolding was my very strange relationship with money. So I often bought things at a thrift store. I felt like I literally just didn't deserve to buy things brand new. If I did buy something brand new, it was typically from Walmart. Now, my younger sister was not this way. She's always been a great shopper with great style and to this day sometimes I just have her pick out clothes for me because she's really good at it. But I had this strange syndrome where I felt like I just didn't deserve new nice things. And at one point I was even managing a thrift store and I was being paid about $500 per month. Yes. And at the time I started my business, I had about $4,000 to my name. Now, thankfully, I married a man who is a little bit older than me and he was established in his career. And so it wasn't like we had to, you know, live off of ramen noodles or anything. But if I had been completely on my own, yeah, I would have lived off of cereal and ramen noodles. And it sounds disgusting and I'm glad I didn't have to do that. But I basically started with nothing. I came from nothing, started my business with nothing. So can anyone guess what my self-confidence felt like at that point? Do you think I felt empowered? Nope, not really. I felt like the biggest fake on the face of the earth because I got an LLC set up. I built a very rough caveman-like website because I didn't come out of the womb knowing how to build websites. I didn't come out of the womb knowing how to market myself. And I felt like everything was so new to me. And why should anyone ever hire me? And why should I ever be successful? I had it in my head from like early high school that if I could just make like 50000 a year, that would be awesome. I would be set. And honestly, in the community where I came from, that is called making it. However, I wasn't prepared for what was going to happen next. After about a year of being in business, I started to notice a strange trend. I tended to attract the clients and the budgets that were equivalent to how I viewed and valued myself. Now let me break that down for you. It simply meant that on the days or the weeks or the months that I felt especially good about myself, I tended to attract clients who treated me better. I tended to attract clients who were willing to invest more with me. But the opposite was also true. And for a long time, I struggled with depression due to some PTSD that I was working through. And the more I worked through that, the more I treated myself with grace and compassion, the more I attracted people who would do the same. But on the months or the weeks where I was feeling extremely low and that mean inner voice was telling me all sorts of terrible things about myself, I would attract clients that would do the same. And I know that at this point, many of you have heard the phrase, you teach people how to treat you and your vibe attracts your tribe. And I'm a firm believer in both of those statements. It is completely true. I have seen it happen again and again in my business. And I'm also a fan of one other little cliched statement, and that is 
fake it till you make it. Now, before you guys just freak out and think I'm telling you all to be something that you're not, let me explain. The big thing that helped me gain more confidence in my business and then obviously gain more success in my business was the moment I decided to treat my business as though it were already at the level of success that I wanted it to be at, which means that I invested time in creating a beautiful website. Now, I'm not suggesting that you have to teach yourself web design, but if you can create a good image for your business, it's going to make you feel so much better about it. I can't tell you how many times I have designed a new website or a new brand for an interior designer or a home stager, and they walk away giddy. They are elated. They are feeling empowered and confident because we were able to take what they have been dreaming about for their business and make it a visual representation that will then impress their future clients. That's what I ended up doing for my business before I did it for any of my clients because I started to realize if I wanted to work with a higher end client, if I wanted to work with someone who appreciated my skill set, I had to make myself look valuable. Now, I wasn't making myself look like something that I wasn't, but I had to start giving myself a little bit of credit because I had a skill set, I had education, I had experience, even though it was very limited. I had limited experience and I was a newbie to business and to marketing in every way possible. I decided, what if I believed in myself a little bit? Because there were people around me who believed in me without a problem. They had no doubt that I could do it. But I had doubts. I had major concerns that one day a client was going to figure out that I was just this little country girl from Wisconsin and say, well, how dare you market yourself as a professional? How dare you charge this much for your services? Why should I ever hire you? I'm going to tell all my friends that you are a fraud. Just so you know, that has never happened. And at this point, all my clients know where I've come from and exactly who I am, because I don't think those are things we should ever be ashamed of. The interesting part about me deciding to treat my business and myself as though I were already successful was that that actually seeped into my mind. And I was like, okay, if I were successful today, how would I be interacting with clients? How would I be dressing? How would I be conducting myself in client meetings, whether they were in person or via Zoom? I asked myself, what should my brand look like? What should my website look like? What should my client process be like? And I had to revamp everything because my process, my branding, my website made me look like a total noob. And that's not really what I wanted because there's really no confidence in that. So when I started treating my business like it was already successful, my business became successful. Now, obviously, you have to walk the talk. You can't just have a pretty brand online or a pretty storefront in person and then just expect success to come from that. But if you build these things beautifully because you believe in yourself and because you know that you are delivering the value that this is representing, you will be successful. The whole point of this is to attract the right person to you. And if all you're attracting are people who don't believe in you, it's because you don't believe in you. Now, let's talk about this whole money issue. 
because like I said, for us women, it can be hard to be okay with setting a price on our services or our products, and it can be even harder sending out those invoices. And as much as every human on earth loves money, there can be a little weird sense of guilt that comes along with it. Now, I know that not every woman in business struggles with this. In fact, I met up with someone just the other day who is completely okay with charging and with making money, and I congratulated her because that means she has one less hurdle to overcome in her business. But for the rest of you who are just like me, who have struggled with the idea of charging for services and receiving money and looking at the growing amount in the QuickBooks account, in the bank account, this is for you. So listen up. Money is not evil. It doesn't make you some sort of power hungry biatch. Yep, I'm not going to say the real thing, but you know what I mean. It doesn't mean that you're prioritizing your business over your family or over your faith or anything like that. It simply means that you're having your business do exactly what a business should be doing and that is making money. If your business isn't making money, it's a hobby. And that's why I want you all to be comfortable with the idea of making money. And sometimes I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite because I struggled with this for so long and I would not pay myself regularly. I had so much fear over if I write this check to myself, what if I need this for my overhead later? And all of that fear came from not actually looking at my financials and knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt, okay, these are my monthly expenses and this is how much I'll have to pay in taxes and this is the money coming in and this is how much I can comfortably pay myself without any concerns. Now I've got all that straightened out, but I didn't in the beginning. So even though I was becoming successful and attracting amazing clients and growing my membership platform, I was still very concerned because I was so afraid of starting to manage my own money. I knew how to make money at that point, but I didn't know what else to do with it. And I wasn't sure what percentage I should reinvest in the business. And I had a lot of hesitation around writing a larger paycheck to myself. And I thought, okay, well, when I reach this income goal, then I'm going to feel a lot better about money and I'm going to be okay with everything. So I reached that goal and I was like, okay, well, this feels pretty good. What if I reach my next goal and then I'll feel okay with it? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're making 50000 a year or 250000 a year. You will feel the exact same way about money, about your business, and about yourself. And that's when I realized it is all a mind game. All the years that I was struggling with feeling like a fraud and an, and an imposter in my business, I actually just felt that way as a human being. It wasn't limited to my business, but I wasn't willing to take a step back and look at every aspect of my life and realize that I had a major identity crisis. I had associated my identity with thrift store style value. And hey, there's nothing wrong with a good thrift store, let me tell you, but you don't belong in a thrift store. You, you are so valuable. And when I say you, I'm talking to myself too. I know that there is a big trend right now with the whole self-love and self-empowerment. And I think some people look at that as being selfish, but I want you to know 
that if you take it in the right doses, it's not selfish at all. In fact, it is the most loving thing you can do for people around you. Because when you start to realize your value and you start to realize that it is okay and it is actually wonderful for you to be successful as an entrepreneur, as a human being, you will then be able to share that much more love and grace with people around you, whether they're your family, your friends, or people in your business. Okay, so I was able to overcome my identity crisis by making one simple mindset shift. And I say simple because when you finally realize it, it's like, oh, duh, why didn't I do this sooner? But unfortunately, the path to get there is not so simple. And I'm going to try to make this a short version for you guys because I don't want you to go through all the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys like I did. However, that does build a lot of character. So what I had to figure out was that I actually do not have to and do not get to decide who I am. Did you guys know that? We don't decide who we are. Because if it was up to us to figure out who we were, our identity and our value would always fluctuate. We wouldn't know today or the next day, are we worth a million bucks today or are we worth a hundred bucks? Are we empowered and successful today? And are we going to be poor, dead, and broke tomorrow? That is how I was living. I based my identity on external factors like if someone said something positive to me about myself or my business, or on how I felt about myself that day. And it is an awful way to live, let me tell you, because our external circumstances will always be changing, and our minds will always be changing. And I'm not just talking about hormones here, ladies. I am talking about how life affects us as humans. There, there is no constant other than it's always changing. So it's not good to base your identity in external factors. However, if you can figure out who you are on an absolute, on something that doesn't change, regardless of who you are as a person, where you live, what your gender is, whether you're a newbie in business or you've been in business for a couple decades, there is a way to figure out exactly who you have always been and who you were meant to be. So now it's gonna get real. Hey, interior designers. How much time are you currently spending creating floor plans, furniture arrangements, or sourcing product, or creating mood boards? Well, here's the good news. You do not have to keep spending many, many precious hours of your time on these things that you could actually hand off to someone else. Now, I'm not suggesting that you hire an employee or that you add another person to your in-house team because that's not always a good fit for everyone. From a legal and tax standpoint, having an employee can be expensive and it can also be risky, which is why I am really excited to introduce you guys to my friend Brittany Elms of My Design Assistant. So Brittany specializes in virtual assistant services exactly and specifically for interior designers so that you can spend more time growing your business, your brand, 
and getting the publicity that you deserve without spending hours creating those mood boards or sourcing those products. Because we know these things are very important to your design process, but the good news is it doesn't all have to be done by you. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level and start outsourcing things that you don't necessarily have to have your hands in, go over to mydesignassistant.com, check out Brittany's services, her reviews, and book a time with her online. Head over to mydesignassistant.com to get started. How would you define yourself? Are you a wife? Are you a mother? A business owner? A sister? A friend? Those are all external. Those are all dependent on the relationships that you have with other people, whether they're emotional or biological. So you can't base your entire identity on those things. You can tell yourself and other people that you are an introverted extrovert, that you are an entrepreneur with a passion for helping your clients with XYZ. And those are all great descriptors, but they actually don't define who you are. Because as I said earlier, you don't want to make the mistake that I did of thinking that all these other qualifiers somehow make you enough today because they will not make you enough tomorrow. Instead, consider this. And I know this is going to be polarizing, but I ask that the skeptics simply hear me out. Now, if you are going to base your identity on an absolute, You have to look to the only absolute there is. And for me, that's God. Now, the Bible says that we are created in the image of God. Like there are no other creatures on planet Earth or in the heavens or below that are created in the image of God. Just us. And that was not our doing. That was not our choice. We were made to be valuable. We already have value. We do not have to do something to make us feel more valuable because we are already so incredibly important to God because he made us. And when you make something in your image, it's important to you. There is a reason and a purpose behind it. So when you look at yourself from that perspective, that God being all-knowing, being completely and highly intelligent, created you on purpose. How does that make you feel? Hmm? Even the most beautiful things on earth, such as diamonds or sunsets, those things were also created by him. But they are nothing, nothing in value compared to you. And there are so many things in the world that would like to tell you that this is a lie, that we are all the result of a happy accident. Some people are okay with that mindset. I'm not one of them. Because that would mean that there is no point to anything. And that would mean that I can just do whatever I want and it will not make any difference whatsoever, that there is no point to anything that we do here. How depressing. Now, I was raised as a Christian, but I had to make the choice to continue that as an adult because we all have a choice, whether you grew up agnostic, atheist, Baptist, Lutheran, whatever. 
you all have a choice, just like I did, to decide which mindset, which faith to go with. Because every human believes in something. We either believe in ourselves, or we believe in God, or we will believe in like some other religion. You get to choose, and that's the beauty of it. So I chose to believe that I was created on purpose, that my life has great intention, and that my value is indisputable. It's a non-negotiable. I am so valuable that God came to the earth in the form of a human, we call him Jesus, and he died for me so that I can be in heaven with him. And I've heard that story so many times growing up, it just didn't sink in like, oh yeah, 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 okay. So he died for me, great, I still feel like crap. It took me a long time to realize what this means, what it means when a parent would sacrifice everything for a child And isn't it so sad to think that even after the ultimate sacrifice, that child walks away still feeling like they're not enough when they don't even understand that they're already royalty? I know this sounds a little far-fetched to some of you. So if you haven't skipped this episode, if you haven't hit that 30-second jump-ahead button, thank you. I want you to hear this and just think about it. When I can start to realize, and when you can start to realize, how incredibly important you are and how important your skill set and your talents and your role is in this world, you will start treating yourself accordingly. You will treat yourself with grace and mercy and love, and you'll treat your people around you in that same way. And it will obviously spill over into your business. Because when you have that love and that self-respect, you will not let people treat you a certain way. You will not feel guilty about setting your prices. You will not feel bad about standing up for yourself in a polite and respectful manner. You will feel blessed when the profit comes into your business. And if you're at the point where you're like, yeah, I know all of this. I know that I'm, a, I'm valuable, but I don't feel it. And I work so hard on my business, but it's not growing. This is when you need to do some serious soul searching. When I speak with entrepreneurs who are struggling in their business, I will ask them, do you actually want to run a business? And sometimes they will say, I thought I did, but I didn't know it was going to entail this much. And they feel so much guilt around admitting that. But I'm so glad that they do because Not everybody has to be a business owner, and there is zero shame in working for someone else. There are pros and cons to each. So first, I want you to be just completely honest with yourself. Do you actually want to run a business? Because running a business doesn't just mean you do the creative work that you love. It also means that you're responsible for the marketing, the bookkeeping, and all the other not-so-fun and not-at-all-glamorous parts of business. It means that you are more of a manager and that you have to delegate out tasks and you may even have to delegate out the creative work eventually. Your role will constantly be changing and you will always have hurdles to overcome. That's just business. So if you are working in your business and you are expecting things to suddenly get smooth and easy and carefree and just do the creative work and that's all you do, 
that's not running a business. And it's okay if you don't like that. So once I've had people answer that question, then I ask them the next. How bad do you want this? So I was speaking with a potential business owner over the weekend, and she was saying that she had this great business idea, but she ran it past someone else and they immediately listed two reasons why it would be difficult, not impossible, but difficult. And this potential business owner immediately took that as a sign that, okay, this is probably not a good idea. And it made her feel really discouraged. So we were talking via text and I texted her back and I said, you know, the good thing is if you want something bad enough, you will always find a way around it or through it. I mean, guys, when I was growing my business in the early stages, I had so many hurdles, not just my own mindset issues or the fact that I had very, very little money to invest in any part of my business, but the fact that I moved to a new area and I didn't know anything about anything. And the fact that when you're blazing a new trail, like when I launched my newsletter subscription service, because there is no service out there like it currently, it was like, okay, I have nothing to compare this to. I am at a total loss. I just have to make this up as I go and adapt as I need to. It is hard. And every week I could see a new and very valid reason to stop what I was doing and go back to a more traditional way of doing business or go to a normal career. And there were a few times where I got on certain job websites and I looked. Uh, For me, I just couldn't find any job that I would actually enjoy. And I know that I would never be able to work for someone else again. But maybe that's not the case for you. And that's okay. But when you've determined that, yes, you do want to be a business owner. And yes, it's okay if there are struggles. You are committed to working through them then you are already halfway there. It's normal to have moments of doubt. It's normal to feel discouraged now and then. And that's why it's important to have one or two people around you that can remind you of the fact that you can do this. It's extremely important. Even the most successful people in the world need a team. And I think when you first start out in business, at least for me, When you're doing all the things and you're wearing all the hats, you think that everything is just dependent on you. But when you move from the worker mindset into the entrepreneur mindset, you will start to realize that outsourcing is the best thing in the whole darn world. And you can start building your team, whether it's of employees or subcontractors, and you will start to move into a completely different role in your business. But that doesn't change the fact that, yeah, getting there does take time. And yeah, it's hard. That's why I often say there is a huge difference between an entrepreneur and a wantrepreneur. Now, when people started noticing the change in my business and they started to see, okay, so like her husband doesn't have to work anymore. I mean, okay, there was a lot of judgment, guys. And that was that was crushing to me because I've worked so hard and I've been so blessed. And I was hoping that everyone would be happy for me and celebrate with me. And for the most part, people did. But there were a few, and it's always the few that we remember, the few negative ones, that were like just judgmental. 
and they're like, oh, did you just win the lottery or something? You know, they, they couldn't fathom that somebody like me with my history could be successful. So it's a good thing I wasn't basing my identity on what other people said or thought about me at that point because that would have totally ruined me. And that's why I want you guys to understand the importance of realizing your identity, who you've always been, is not dependent on external factors. It is dependent on the fact that you were made already valuable. Now, if you're on the flip side of this, and let's say you've been in business for a while and you just don't feel successful, you are still struggling to make ends meet in your business, but you know that you still want to run a business, here is what you need to do. I'm, I know that not everyone is going to have the budget to work with a business coach, but you can get online courses from business coaches. And I actually interviewed my business coach in a previous episode, and you should go check that out because there is always a way for you to better yourself. And if it costs a little bit of money, if you want it bad enough, you will come up with that money. Let me tell you. All right. So invest in yourself because you are worth it. There, This is a non-negotiable people. You are already worth it. And it's completely wonderful for you to realize that and to be successful. And it's also completely okay for you to question it and for you to not be successful. But what I have found in a lot of businesses is that when someone says they're not successful, it is often because, number one, they have not realized their value, therefore they do not charge accordingly or present or manage their business accordingly. But two, it is because they have struggled so deeply with money issues and resistance that they are actually self-sabotaging their business at every turn. If you've been running your business the same way for the past two years or even the past year and you haven't grown, there's a reason for that. We need to constantly be changing how we are running and managing our businesses. We should constantly be upgrading our service packages, our products, our pricing, because business is all about riding the waves of change. We can't control that change, but we can control how we react and adapt to it. And the businesses that never change, that never adapt, are the ones that reach a very limited success and then they just plateau or worse, they start to regress. And just imagine what that does to the self-confidence of that business owner. Like it truly hurts my heart because I know that if someone wants something bad enough, they will make it happen. But if they start to think that maybe maybe the universe is against them, maybe God doesn't want them to be successful, maybe it's just that they have so many personal issues that they'll just never get there, Well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think you won't get there, you definitely won't get there. And that mindset leads you to treating your business like a discounted thrift store item. So instead, you need to treat yourself like Chanel, like Gucci, okay? High-end luxury brands are not stuck up. You don't have to be stuck up, but you have to treat yourself accordingly. You have to treat yourself like you're already valuable because you are. 
you're just translating that value in a way that will make sense to your ideal client. And that often has to do with your branding, your website, your client process, your client packages, how well you resonate with your target client. And that of course means you must, you absolutely must have a niche market. And I would say that is another big reason why business owners reach a limited level of success because they do not really have a niche market. They just want someone who can afford them or someone who has a house, you know, if you're in the home industry. And that is so vague. The more specific that you can be about who you serve and exactly how you serve them, the more successful you'll be. I mean, that is that is exactly what I had to do in my business. I had to treat myself with value and then I had to market myself to a very specific group of people and say no to everyone who wasn't in that group. So the good news, it's really not rocket science. The bad news, it's mindset work. And that means that it takes constant effort. And it's easy to backslide too. I have days where I wake up with anxiety about my business. I have days where I worry, what if, what if the internet no longer existed? My entire business would be wiped out. What if MailChimp stopped working? That would really take out a huge part of my business. There are so many what ifs in business. My other concern is, what if, because I'm so creative, what if I like, I don't know, get a concussion and then I lose my creativity or, you know, and saying these things out loud, I'm like, oh, wow, Kate, you like, this is ridiculous. But these kinds of concerns are something that we all have in common. We have a lot of anxiety around our businesses. We protect them. We want to nourish them. They are like our children. But if you had a child with developmental issues, wouldn't you take them to all sorts of specialists to get it worked out? And wouldn't you come up with the money? That's what I want you to do with your business. A business is not actually a business if it's not profitable. And a business is not going to thrive if you aren't constantly doing things that make you uncomfortable and that make you grow as a person. So this entire episode is just about you changing your mindset about yourself because that will change your business. You are your business's biggest asset. And I want you to remember that, okay? I know it's easy to repeat it and be like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like the whole love your body thing. I used to look at that and think, oh yeah, I love my body too. It's only one I've got. I don't really have a choice. Well, you can look at your business that way too. Well, this is my business and like, I don't really have a choice. I have to love it. If I hated it, then like, why am I in business? But the truth is when you love something, when you prioritize it, you treat it accordingly. So start by loving yourself because you are worthy of that. All right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. I am looking forward to reading all of your responses to this. And again, thank you to any of the skeptics, atheists, or agnostics who stuck with me this far. I really appreciate you guys. And I don't want you guys to think that I'm trying to be some sort of podcast preacher because I definitely am not. But I wanted to share this with you because you do deserve to hear this perspective. All right, guys, until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. 
To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.